This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, Jim, uh, I'm curious to know about this. You got an interesting phone call yesterday. What's that all about? Yeah, voicemail. Would you know I'm I'm super paranoid about, you know, the government or whatever forcing us to put on like these tracker apps on our phone or something so that if you come in contact with somebody who's sick from coronavirus that, you know, you're warned then you can't do stuff until you quarantine cuz they're talking like that's an option, right? Like you have to download yeah. an app to make sure that uh, you haven't came into contact with somebody who's sick. And so you I think it's, vo- you think they're using that to track other aspects of your life, not just coronavirus contra- contact, right? Yeah, that's your once, concern. Yeah, or that they'll f- forbid you from being on a plane or something like that based on nothing, or you know, once this is gone, they're not going to give that power back. So lo Big and behold, brother's watching. Yeah, lo and behold, I wake up this morning to a voicemail uh, on my phone, and I-, I sent the clip to Juan here. So, it, like, listen closely. This is an important message from the CDC. You have been recognized as someone who has been in direct contact with a person or persons who have COVID-19 coronavirus. You are required to remain where you are and self-quarantine for 14 days and possibly more due to your small wiener. Tiny wieners have will in more quarantine days. Wiener size like yours could triple your time. Please be advised that you have a tiny weenie. Isn't this ridiculous? Like, if the lockdowns yeah. are based on the length of your wiener, I'm never getting out of here, Taz. This is bull. Man, they they are tracking you. They How know, much do they, they know, know? They know everything. They know my phone number. <laughs> they must have been looking in the bathroom window when I was showering. I don't like this, Taz. I don't like it one bit. I'm a hypochondriac with a small weenie. Now I'm very concerned. I could be <laughs> next here. <laughs> Who sent you that? I don't know. <laughs> there's there's people who are saying that they're no longer going to listen to Rage Against the Machine because Tom Morello has been speaking uh, politically online, and they they don't want their favorite band to get involved in politics. <laughs> These are so funny. <laughs> so, ever. This is a great exchange. Somebody, uh, somebody tweeted uh, Tom Morello. Another successful musician instantly becomes a political expert. And Tom Morello responded to that one. One does not have to have an honors grad in political science from Harvard University to recognize the unethical and inhumane nature of this administration. But, well... I happen to have an honors grad, be an honors grad in political science from Harvard University, so I can confirm that for you. <laughs> it certainly helps. Yeah. yeah political science uh, honors grad from in Harvard. 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 And put that aside, have you listened to the lyrics of any Rage Against the Machine songs on any Rage Against the Machine albums from the past three decades? Like they are the most political band yeah. ever. I, I like I like this tweet here. Uh, someone named Sam on Twitter writes: uh, Conservative dudes listening to Rage Against the Machine back in the day must have thought "F you, I won't do what you tell me" was directed at their moms who were trying to get them to do chores. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
What did they think? Some of those who work forces are the same who burn crosses. What would you ever think that meant? It could not be more relevant yeah. than right now. Oh, here's another great one. It's a it's a picture of Rage Against the Machine performing on stage uh, with an American flag burning on stage. And somebody wrote on Twitter, Rage Against the Machine political? What? <laughs> I saw a hilarious tweet, too, and it said, What machine did you think they were raging against? The dishwasher? <laughs> Uh, this is good. It's a good ones here. <laughs> Wait, people are just now figuring out that Rage Against the Machine is a po political band. If you're one of these people, please tweet the lyrics that you thought you've been hearing. Oh for yeah, the past thirty years. That would be uh, that would be a fun exercise. Taz, can can you name a more political band? No. This is like somebody saying, you know, I was a big Snoop Dogg fan, but then he went on the Internet talking about how it's it's great to smoke weed, and now I can't listen <laughs> to his music anymore. No, sir. Mm -mm. Are you, hold on a second, are you telling me that the guys in Motley Crue like hanging out with strippers at strip clubs? I well, thought now I can't listen to their music anymore. I thought Girls, Girls, Girls was about Betty White and her gal pals. <laughs> I thought it was about the Golden Girls. <laughs> uh, B. Arthur. I can't, I can't believe Rage Against the Machine is leftist. They were my favorite <laughs> band. Not anymore. I'm going to listen to Rise Against instead. Hmm. <laughs> The, yeah, the other non-political band. Yeah, Rise Against is my new favorite band. They won't let me down. <laughs> uh, movie theaters in California are going to be reopening. That could mean that uh, movie theaters around North America are reopening in the near future. Uh, obviously, California. They'd want to reopen their movie their movie theaters. A lot of uh, industry based around films down there. I don't know if you knew that fact, Jim. In California, America? California, America. A lot of movie hmm. making going on down there. Interesting. I thought it was just raisins. <laughs> I heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> and speaking of movies, yesterday was Bill and Ted Day. Apparently because it was June the 9th, also known as 6-9. <laughs> okay. You get it? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't know you needed to wait that long for me to get it. I got it. Okay. I just wanted some acknowledgement <laughs> there that you got it. Yesterday was 6-9, uh, Bill and Ted Day, and they dropped the trailer for the third Bill and Ted movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music. 25 years ago, you played a concert in front of the entire world. One month ago, you played in Barstow, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. <laughs> Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. 
were supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! Take it from ourselves! But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing? If we're stealing it from ourselves, dude. No way! How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool. The boys have still got it! <laughs> so... No, dude. They're going back in time to, to react... To, wait, they're going back in time to steal something from themselves? Is what I heard? They're going into the future to steal oh. this because remember at the end of uh, bill and ted's bogus journey which was the second film uh that's the one where they they challenge death and it does look like death is in this new movie as well there's a little clip okay. of and he was a great character in bogus journey um at the end of that movie they played a concert that united the world but they they were supposed to write a song that would unite the world as well and they mm. hadn't done that so they are planning to go into the future to steal the song after they've already written it from themselves. And <laughs> I won't I won't spoil they they do see themselves in the future in the trailer and it's a pretty funny visual. I won't give it away, but if you want to watch the trailer, we'll uh, put put it up on the uh, Taz and Jim social media pages. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Were you a fan of those movies when you were younger, Jim? I th again, it was another movie I watched kind of on TV, like half-assed, and and kind of forget yeah. the storyline. But I I remember them specifically. Didn't they take on robots that looked exactly like themselves too? In one, maybe yeah. that was the sequel too. That was Bogus Journey, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Evil Bill and Ted. No. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I love Keanu Reeves, so you know I probably will watch this. And it looks like the guys are having fun. Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, they're getting back together and, and, and just having a good time, man. It's silly fun. Hopefully the movie's decent. Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> Trailer's out now. And happy belated 6-9 to everybody. Happy belated Bill and Ted Day, everyone. And Keanu Reeves also in the news. He's been teasing The Matrix 4 yeah, he's doing another Matrix, returning into the uh, role of Neo, humanity's savior. And the reason he's doing it, he says the story is incredible, which will be refreshing huh. after the second two Matrix movies. Those were total letdowns. The, the original Matrix to me is, I think this is rare to say, a perfect movie. It is, it is such an impressive yeah. movie, top to bottom. But the second two, maybe I was too young when I watched them, Taz. I actually haven't given them a no, chance since I was like 14. I didn't. They just suck? They sucked. They sucked, and like, I tried so hard. I can remember getting in arguments with people because I loved the first Matrix movie. I, I remember seeing it uh, with zero expectations. It blew my mind. I think I watched that first movie in the theater four or five times. It was awesome. Yeah. And then I, I really wanted to love the sequels. And uh, a friend of mine who I was working with at the time said, this sucks. This movie sucked. And I'm like, no, you just don't get it, man. You know, it's the Matrix. You don't get it. You wait for the third one to come out, and then it'll all make sense. Then the third one came out, and I'm like, ooh, maybe this does suck.
Why is Neo talking to Colonel Sanders in a room full of TVs for 25 straight minutes? See, it's a lot of like philosophical and religious talk. So, like, I thought maybe, yeah. maybe that was the whole point, and maybe I was too young to Dodge really wrap my mind bullets. around it. Dodge more bullets! What are you and doing? I will Helicopters say- crashing! We want action! <laughs> Taz, you hate bad CGI. It's one Uh of your top complaints. And the first Matrix movie holds up. It looks so good. And then you, you, like, I watched it and I was like, time for the second one. Because I watch it probably every year, the first Matrix. I'm like, I'm getting into the second one. And I start watching the second one. And, like, the first scene is him fighting 50, 100 Agent Smiths. And it looks so bad. It did not age well. And they just went too hard on the CGI. So even the fight scenes, I don't think, work as well. Uh, Lana Wachowski wrote a beautiful script and a wonderful story that resonated with me, says Keanu Reeves, 55 years old. That's the only reason I decided to do the movie. To work with her again is just amazing. And the movie was in production. It was supposed to be released next May, but everything's been shut down on The Matrix 4 because of the pandemic. So the, the new release date is up in the air, but... Keanu Reeves tells Empire Magazine that the new film is going to be really special. The story has, I think, some meaningful things to say and that we can take some nourishment from. Eh, I don't don't need nourishment. I want some great action. (laughs) I want candy. Yeah, give me some eye candy. Don't get too, uh, too talky, too philosophical. (laughs) Give us some good action. Don't try to be smarter than the audience. It's like I almost want to. I almost want to go back into the Matrix of the first film. You know, <laughs> I know this steak ain't real, but to me it tastes real. It tastes good. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. In some areas in Ontario, starting on Friday, with stage two of phase two of reopening. Uh, because of the coronavirus, you got the patios opening up at a lot of restaurants in some areas. I know my wife is super excited. She's got her her hair coloring appointment scheduled. Mm-hmm. First thing on Friday, she had her stylist call her yesterday and say, uh, I'm booking appointments. They're going quick. You want one? She's like, absolutely. Getting the roots done. <laughs> She's very excited about it. It's crazy how many people miss hair treatments and haircuts. Like how yeah. big a priority this has become. And it's also crazy that some of our Taz and Jim listeners are going to be able to go out there get their haircut on on Friday, and others aren't. Hamilton, uh, St. Catharines, Niagara Falls, Haldeman, Norfolk counties, Greater Toronto area excluded from the reopening. And a lot of these these mayors are pretty upset that they had no previous warning to the announcement Doug Ford made saying that they're reopening only in some communities and not in others. So as you can imagine, they're pretty ticked off. And some of the mayors have started protesting this, Jim. Yeah, on Tuesday, the uh, mayors of Haldeman and Norfolk County said, enough is enough. And in defiance of the province's orders, they sat down and they themselves got some haircuts. In your (laughs) face, Doug Ford. How does it feel? Way to teach him a lesson. So, yeah. Now, 
here here like i agree that with these mares in in theory you know they they you know it's not about the haircuts themselves it's about fighting for local business owners the right to open up but why is it always the haircuts like when when people were trying to end the lockdowns the biggest criticism was like all oh, these people they oh, they just want to put their lives in danger for haircuts because like one guy held up a sign that says i want my haircut but apparently like uh-huh Haircuts is the big, like, could they not have figured out another thing other than haircuts? Something a little more important? Like a funeral? Maybe they should have had a funeral or something like that. The weddings, yeah. The weddings, the churches uh, that are allowed to open places of worship at 30% capacity. To me, it almost sounds like these mayors just wanted to get haircuts. <laughs> True, yeah. They don't want to wait till Friday. This is a protest. I'm going to get my haircut and then I'm going to go drink some beers on a patio. That'll show them. Yeah, you know, it's hard to really make a powerful political statement when you're wearing a, a sheet over your chest, you know, <laughs> while you're sitting down on like a reclining chair. I, I've i been told by a number of people that um, the Trinity Bellwoods Park fiasco is one of the reasons that Toronto and the surrounding communities aren't going to be reopening. They don't think they can handle the responsibility because they, they loosen things up and then all those dum-dums went to the park and they were peeing and pooing on the, the neighbors' lawns and they were drinking open, openly. They weren't social, physical distancing. So uh, the sense is out there that... Toronto just can't handle the responsibility like some of these other places. So you thank the Trinity Bellwoods Park fiasco. I I just read a Toronto Star article and said, you know what? There won't be a a bump from the Trinity Bellwoods thing. I don't know what's what's true, what's not. But if Norfolk County... It's pretty sparse population-wise. Like, I can understand Toronto, you know, there's it's massive amounts of population, people on public transit, walking on the streets and stuff. I, you know, I could see that being a threat, but, like, Norfolk. I know. What? Well, Hamilton, too. I mean, Hamilton yeah. is a lot more spread out uh, in terms of population and people walking around. Now, the escarpment stairs are reopening, which is huge yeah. for Hamiltonians, but... Uh, but I I feel like our, our Hamilton listeners are going to be like the kid who's grounded in the summertime and they're stuck <laughs> in their bedroom looking out the window at all the other kids in the neighborhood having a great time playing Frisbee, swimming in the pools, you know, <laughs> and they're stuck just looking at, no, I'm not allowed, I'm still, I'm still grounded. Their Game Boy has ran out of batteries, they got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I guess because uh, Hamilton is roughly the same size as, as London, but since they're just right near the GTA or considered part of the GTA, it's just they get the, the unfair shake of the stick. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if there's uh, some phase two, stage two tourism going on this mm. weekend with people leaving the cities that aren't reopening to visit the ones that are. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.